You're listening to Dr. Tim's Aquatic Podcast. Hey, everyone. It's Dr. Tim and Hillary for another session of Dr. Tim's Aquatic Podcast. How are you doing this morning, Hillary? Doing good. Doing good. How about you? Uh, doing well. Getting getting ready for the holiday season. We got to make sure our fish tanks are clean. Nobody nope. wants to have guests in their house with a dirty fish tank. Nope. Now, I know we have a topic for today, but since the last time we talked, you were at Aquashella. Um, so I, I got to ask, how did that go? Aquashella was good. They, they're coming into their own and putting on a, a different type of uh, trade show. It's a all-inclusive aquatic show. So there's freshwater, saltwater, shrimp, plants, uh, cichlids of the hybrid nature. Not my favorite thing, but that's, you know, to each his own. Lots of um, social media people doing weird things. And then you've got people dressing up in clownfish outfits and things like that. So uh, Halloween, all the crazy folks were out, including yours truly. So it's a good show. I saw some of the photos of it. It looked like it was a really good time. Yep. I think everyone had a, had a good time. And uh, a lot of people, crazy number of people on Saturday. Sunday was a little more controlled. <laughs> Very nice. All good. Yep. Well, hopefully we'll be able to make it to all of those. Well, you guys are going to all of the Aquashella shows next year for sure. And hopefully I'll be able to make it to a couple of them because it just, it looks like such a fun time. <laughs> yep, It's definitely a fun time. So we'll make it happen. Lots of stuff getting back to normal with shows and events and uh, even have a big show in the freshwater realm which is never too early to plug the American Cichlid Association of which I'm the treasurer is doing a show in Louisville, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And it's a big, big show. It's having the uh, live bearers and the catfish people and all sorts of groups together. I think uh, you're going to start doing some PR on that. That's the end of July. And I think the first wave of hotel rooms is already uh, sold out. Oh, that's awesome. So they've opened up some more and uh, it's, it's going to be a, uh, it's going to be a, a big show. It's going to be a good show. Yep. That's that'd be a fun one to go to. And, you know, as somebody who grew up there, anybody that's going, if you're, interested in bourbon or horse racing definitely things to check out extracurricular activities outside of the show so just like go and make a week of it (laughs) yep so it's in louisville july 27th through the 31st it's going to be the american cichlid association the american live bear association the american killifish association and the north american australian new guinea fishes association and lots of talks uh, I'll be giving talks and uh, shows and trips, and I think they're going to a brewery and um, a few other things going on. So you definitely uh, want to make a week out of it. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, you know, you mentioned something there about giving talks and stuff. And, you know, a lot of people have seen you give talks at some of the different shows in, you know, the saltwater industry. And we've posted about it on social media that you've actually given talk virtual 
talks and presentations to clubs. So that's definitely something if you are an individual that's a part of a club or if you're a club that's listening to this podcast, Dr. Tim is available to give talks. Yes, I have a whole list. They can contact us at info at Dr. Tim's Aquatics or contact you through social media. And I have a list from beginner to uh, you know more advanced and general talks, specific talks. Um, virtual way through Zoom now is, is definitely a way to do it. It uh, saves a lot of time and stress. And I can just do more talks that way because um, I could do it right from my office here. Always very exciting if you're looking for a guest speaker. If you want to learn more about a certain subject, Dr. Tim is your person. All right. So, so did, go ahead. Oh, I was going to intro our topic for today, but if you had something else to say. No, no, no. Go, go ahead. Right. So today we're going to talk about our waste away gels. And if you've been listening to our podcast, you know that this is something that we've touched on before, but... I don't know. I feel like they just don't get enough love and they don't get enough attention. So I wanted to talk about them again, this podcast. So I think we're going to go over a bunch of the, well, all of the different types that we have, because it's not just freshwater and saltwater. We have ones for specific types of tanks. Um, Talk about, you know, the ones that we have for home hobbyists, as well as the uh, larger sizes that are available on the professional scale and go into a little bit more depth about them just so that, you know, we want you to feel comfortable using them in your tanks because they really are like an awesome, easy tool that you can use to help keep your aquarium clean. Right. The whole idea behind these, and, and I think one reason um, it's it's a plus and a minus, We're, we developed these and there are no other companies that have anything like this. Um, so that's not something that's talked about or it's, it's not like it's a dechlorinator or something like that. And, and what are the gels? So we have the waste away, which is eight different species of bacteria. We have it in a liquid form. And it's very concentrated. And you use it when you uh, want to clean up organics, reduce nitrate reduce phosphate, and get the tank back in into shape, controlling pollution, the pollutants and the nutrients. But a, a better, a truly a better way to manage this is to continually dose a little bit of bacteria into the system on a continuous basis that will control and manage the nitrates, phosphates, and organics. But that takes pumps and dosing systems and replenishing the liquid bottles. I mean, that, that's that's work. And let's face it, most people aren't going to do that. Most people's tanks, you know, they just don't have the time and the setup for that. And we recognize that. And we developed a way that you can time release the bacteria over 30 days, 24-7, using a gel formula. And the reason, why do you have to, because people will ask, why do I always have to add this bacteria? You know, it's just there. Well, bacteria aren't just there. There's a number of reasons the bacteria population in your aquarium is reduced and needs to be replenished. Number one is most of the filtration devices that we add to the aquarium 
remove or limit the bacteria because we as humans want this, as I've said many times, you know, gin clear, crystal clear water. There's very few environments, there are aquatic environments that fish and corals and aquatic plants live in that are bacteria free. Even, even coral reefs that have relatively clear water, the, the water above the corals is full of bacteria. But in our house, you know, in our, in our apartments or whatever, we want the aquarium water to just be as clear as air. And that means removing basically the bacteria because water is full of bacteria. And, and we're talking good bacteria. The bacteria are really the main filtration devices in aquatic environments. When you talk about marine snow, that's bacteria growing on, on those particles. Corals filtering, they filter 24-7 the seawater above them. That means they're ingesting bacteria all the time. That's their number one food. That's where they get their nutrition. Because we want to have this clear, clear water, we're eliminating all the bacteria in the water through the filtration devices that we use. Plus the bacteria are, are eaten. If you've got a lot of corals, they're filtering that water, removing the bacteria too. And so what we need to do is replenish that on a continuous basis. And that's what these gels do. And you mentioned, and I'll go th through this, uh, Hillary, that we have different types because when you, when you have a turtle tank, you know, red-eared slider, and its um, waste are in going in the water, and they generate a lot of waste. That <laughs> yes, wa they do. Yeah, that waste is food for other organisms. You know that that break that down and cause smell and and dirty water. And we can use the bacteria to clean that up. Or we have one for plants. A plant tanks need bacteria because the bacteria, when they degrade, you know, break down the organic material, they're producing ammonia that goes through the nitrogen cycle and becomes nitrate that the plants can use as a fertilizer. And they are also taking the organic carbon and producing CO2 is the bacteria that are doing this. And that CO2 is, again, a plant fertilizer. That is what plants use. You know, they remove the CO2 from, from the water. So they're getting both nitrate and CO2 from bacterial action. So, you know, this, this is what is, this, this what is called a trophic level. This whole level of bacteria is missing from many tanks. And in most cases, I would uh, contend that it's the reason while, why your tank isn't looking as good as you think, as you want. Why are you getting hair out? Why are you getting cyanobacteria and dinoflagellates? And why is the dirt building up and the surfaces you know, becoming um, dirty and the... Um, algae growing on the glass, all these things that detract from the aquarium can pretty much be 
uh, related back to the lack of bacteria in the water to clean this up because the bacteria are the natural filters of most aquatic systems. Most time, you know, but people think a bacteria, they want to talk about nitrifiers, but these are heterotrophs. So the, the nitrifiers are the bacteria that get rid of the ammonia, the nitrite, and produce nitrate. But the heterotrophs are the bacteria that consume nitrates, consume phosphates, and degrade organics. And so you've got food, feces, just the, the natural um, production of organic material in the aquarium. And to control that and keep your water sparkling clean, not crystal clear, but, but clear, and enough and clean and definitely eliminating smells, we can use bacteria to do that. And so with the gels, what we've done is we've put the bacteria in this special type. It's 100% natural gel. It's, it's not a, uh, like a polyacrylamide or something like that. Um, and it's in a plastic cartridge. So it's it recyclable. Well, the cartridge is made with recycled plastic and is 100% re recyclable. And the gel is 100% natural. The bacteria obviously are 100% natural. And uh, <laughs> well, we get this question a lot. Are your bacteria genetically manipulated? No, they're just natural. Well, I, I isolated these years ago from aquariums and all we do is grow them in a more pure state and at larger numbers but they're from aquariums they're not grease trap bacteria we don't buy bacteria from the acme bacteria company or something like that uh there are bacteria um these are questions we get all the time um they're and they're not like i say genetically manipulated or created or anything like that um so the bacteria what they do is um a little bit of a size so how do we get these bacteria i isolated them well heterotrophic bacteria are actually grown in large numbers in a big chemostat and we add we control the environment we're adding the nutrients controlling the temperature we grow this huge amount of bacteria and then they're put through a high-speed centrifuge that separates the bacteria from the nutrient mix. And then we actually lay this gruel out. It's kind of a thick gruel on shallow trays. And the bacteria actually freeze-dried. And when the process is done, the bacteria are powder. Because heterotrophic bacteria, like the ones that we grow, when they're stressed, they form spores they go into a protective cocoon. Nitrifiers don't do that. They have another way to protect themselves from stress, but that's another story. So we end up with this powder and we can take this powder and then mix it with the gel, which is a liquid and, you know, it's like, it's, it's not jello, but just think about, you know, you make jello, it's a liquid, and then you pour it in the mold or um, bowl or whatever, and then it little solidifies and do, you know, jello. And that's basically what happens here in a very simplistic sense is that it's warmed, mixed with the, with the bacteria, not super hot, but the bacteria are spore in spore form. So they're protected. We fill the cartridge up 
and there's holes in the side. Now, this is kind of a crazy thing. The cartridge is shrink-wrapped to cover the holes so the liquid gel doesn't you know, pour out as we're filling it, and then it's sealed in the blister pack and sold. That's why there is a sticker on the gel that says remove the shrink wrap. Yep. Because if you put the gel in your system and it doesn't change color after several weeks, pretty much you didn't remove the shrink wrap. And this happens more than you think, people. I mean, it's right there. It's easy. You can tell there's shrink wrap. You There's a sticker, remove. You have to remove the shrink wrap to get the water into the gel and start releasing the bacteria. So definitely pay attention to the directions, you know, remove the shrink wrap, add the suction cup and put somewhere in your tank, sump, filter, just anywhere. And it doesn't have to have, in fact, we, we say we don't want you to have a lot of water directed right onto the the gel just needs to be into the system. And what will happen is the water starts to swell the gel and that pushes the bacteria out. And now they're in the aquatic environment where they want to be. They sporulate, basically break the spore open and and, uh, start going to work, finding nutrients and multiplying. And this happens 24-7. We've designed it. It took us a couple of years to do this so that it will, the gels will last for 30 days. And during this time, they're continually releasing a little bit of bacteria in the system. Now, we do have different sizes, small, medium, and large. The small is up to um, 10 gallons. The large is up to 50 the medium's up to 50 and the large is up to 100. And you you can overdose in that if you take the large gel that's made for a 100-gallon aquarium and put it in your two-gallon bettable, that's going to overdose. Okay, we, we had people that wanted to, to debate us on this one. Time releases, well, 100-gallon gel is made f- to start at a 100-gallon tank, not a five gallon tank or something like that. So please use the tank that is, or the gel that's for your tank size. You know, there's a range there. So there are a couple caveats, but, but very easy to use. Um, and so what happens, you put it in the tank after removing the sugar out, it, or the back, the sump, hide it behind a rock if you don't have those. And it will slowly start releasing bacteria into the water. And these bacteria, like I said, there's eight different species. Some of them are really good at consuming phosphates and nitrates. Others will break down organics. Now, when should you use these versus the liquid? Well, if your tank is super dirty or has dinos or cyanide or something like that. As I've always said, it's a numbers game. You want to clean it up with the liquid bacteria because that is super concentrated and you can control how much you're adding. You start with a little bit, it starts breaking things down. Maybe your water becomes a little cloudy. You turn on the skimmer, do a water chain. You've got to clean the system up. The gels are for when the system is now clean and now you want to maintain things and not get it 
back in that bad shape that it was in. So that, that's the difference between the two. Liquid to clean it up, gels to maintain it. Yep, exactly. And so, so we have, like I said, three sizes and different types. So there's a freshwater version. There's a marine version. It can work in salt water or reef tanks. If yep. you're doing brackish, go with the, the marine version. Oh, that's a good point. Yeah. Um, and I should point out just because I know this is a question that we get asked a lot is like the marine or the reef version. It's it's reef safe. That's good for, you know, your seahorses, anemones, any sort of corals that you might keep and inverts. Right. It's there's nothing. Nothing is being released except bacteria, which are natural to the water, these organisms, you know, that all those animals live in. And it's really kind of an automatic way to feed your corals. Yeah. And it's, you know, we, we, we should do a, I do have a talk on coral feeding because everyone thinks that, you know, corals are eating copepods and those types of things. And I think I've mentioned that that's kind of like French fries. Of course, the corals are going to eat that they eat, you know, that they'll, kind of their tentacles and they'll, they'll filter anything, but do they get any nutrition from it? And the vast amount of coral nutrition comes from the bacteria that's in the water overlaying the corals that they're filtering 24 seven. Yeah. So that is a great thing about the gels is that you're getting control of your nutrient levels, keeping algae at bay. And I'll explain how that works in just a second. But your corals then are also filtering the resulting bacteria. And they're going to look better because if you've ever kept reptiles, it's kind of like gut loading crickets. If you just feed your reptiles crickets, that's kind of an empty shell. There's yeah. not a lot of nutrition in there. And so people have learned that it's much better to gut load by, by having those crickets eat nutritious foods. And then because the reptile wants to eat something that's moving, it eats the cricket that has all this nutrition inside of it, thereby getting the nutrition. And that's what's happening with the bacteria. What's happening in a marine tank? Let's take that example, though. It's, it applies to all our systems that have skimmers or filter socks or UVs or ozonizers, any of these devices that are used to keep the water super clean, you know, clear, is, are reducing the bacteria population in the water. And that's why you start getting cyanos and dinos and algae because none of those devices affect anything that's growing on the surfaces inside the aquarium. So you've shifted the field and eliminated the big competitor to all these organisms, which is algae. I'm sorry, which is bacteria. And so when you eliminate the bacteria that are living in water, Anything that grows on a surface now has access to all these nutrients. And that's when you start getting the problems that you have. So by adding bacteria back to the water, you're counteracting the 
the system that wants to grow dinos and sinos by adding their competitors back into the systems. And that's basically what the gels are doing is they're, they're a cleanup crew 24 seven, where all you have to do is put it into the tank and it'll change colors. The saltwater one, the Marine one will go from a, a blue to a kind of a gray after 30 days, you, you remove it uh, and replace it. The freshwater ones and the, the shrimp and the plant ones are green. Uh, we also have a beta, embedded tanks are great for using these gels, but they're green and they'll go to a gray and you throw them away. Like that. When it goes gray, throw it away. When it goes gray, throw it away. I mean, everybody has these beta tanks and, and what do you do? There's, there's, you, you have a little bit of filtration, but bettas don't like lots of water flow. You know, that's especially with their nice finage and things like that. They're not an animal that wants to be swimming against a current. They, they, you know, it's people want to kind of get upset about, well, the water's not moving too much. You want some movement and definitely you need filtration. You need oxygen, but you have to take into consideration that bettas live in pretty much stagnant water and they're not designed to be swimming like a you know zebra danios on the opposite side of that spectrum they're kind of schizophrenic i mean they just go they just swim all over the place all the time Um, so you have to take into that into consideration and that's what the gels do is you have this bowl this small tank it doesn't have a lot of water movement for the health of the fish but you still need things to be cleaned and that's what the gels can do. Make a small one just for bettas that will get in there and we degrade all that food and waste that's in the substrate of the betta tank. And, you know, you said use bettas too, but we have one as well for shrimp and then for planted tanks. Right. Yeah. And, and shrimp, you know, what is shrimp doing when they're down there and you they're they're on whatever the food and they're picking and things like that, just like with marine snow, marine snow is actually an organic full covered with bacteria that are degrading that organic. That's what's happening with the shrimp too. They're, excuse me. They're actually ingesting a lot of bacteria which is beneficial to them. We we think of bacteria as bad, 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 but our gut biome is full of bacteria. When when you're not having a good day and you have a little bit of the runs and things like that, it's because your internal biome, that bacteria that line your gut and in your stomach that helps, that does the digestion of food, you know, that's where you have probiotics and prebiotics, which people are learning more and more about. That has all been upset and you've got to get that rebalanced. And that's basically what's happening with the shrimp in your system is and all, all the other invertebrates and even even fish. They need a certain amount of the right bacteria in their systems to be healthiest. Yep. I always think of like, you know gut bacteria and stuff or like having the right bacteria like anytime usually if I have to have an antibiotic I'm like all right I need to like double up because for whatever reason it like it wipes stuff out and you've got to replenish to make sure that you know your body has what it needs yep you know I travel a lot 
and breakfast every morning is yogurt. It, it, it's, uh, <laughs> nope. it, you, you know, a healthy gut that's you're healthy. You know, it's just, uh, keeping the right bacteria in the system, uh, will, will keep you healthy. Definitely a believer in, uh, and, uh, a good I think it's funny when you like explain or try and explain and talk about bacteria and stuff to people like, like, you know, that yogurt company, like, I don't know if we're allowed to say it, but Activia forever had, you know, tons of marketing, like, oh yeah, it's good for your gut. And like, I think people are like, oh, okay. I, I get that. Like it's something that relates to me. I understand it. So the same sort of concept applies all across the board to different organisms, including your tanks. Yep. Well, most of the, uh, you know, before these yogurts and, and the whole probiotic went, you know, marketing to humans is the proof of concept in the early research was done on fish. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. So that's where the, you know, they were using fish as the model organism to show that you can keep the gut biome in better health and that you can uh, influence the biome by feeding the right bacteria. Now, you know, some studies show they don't work. Well, you can't force the bacteria into the system. It's, it's not that easy. And that's a whole nother topic we should talk about is though. It's kind of a tech it's, I'm not sure how to make this so untechnical, but people want to talk about diversity in their aquariums as if they can force their aquarium to be more diverse that's a very difficult thing. As I've said in this um, podcast, the bacteria that we use come from the aquarium. I mean, this is something I've, I've been preaching, well, since my PhD days, where when I showed that it wasn't nitrosomonas and, and nitrobacter, how was I able to show that? I went to the aquarium and took samples and was able to show these are the nitrifiers living in aquariums. I was able to grow those bacteria, totally different way of growing those nitrifiers, and then put those nitrifiers back into an aquarium, a brand new environment, to show that you could jumpstart nitrification. But the bacteria that we grow for aquariums aren't going to work in a sewage treatment plant, for instance, yeah. because the environment is totally different. It's a much higher ammonia and nitrite and organic concentration. It's like um, I have a series of articles in Coral Magazine looking at all this and, and the diversity of nitrifying organisms. And several years ago, this group of ammonia oxidizing archaea were discovered in aquariums in our, yeah. in our, in our, <laughs> I, <laughs> I can, can I just say that I spent like probably two hours a couple weekends back after I listened to your talk with uh, Peter on Reef News Network about this trying to find those articles and just like totally going down the rabbit hole I'm like oh wow this is interesting <laughs> yeah let's this is another podcast we'll have to go through because I don't want to go down the rabbit hole but but you know, everybody just thought it was nitrosomonas europea, boom, done. Well, it's not. It's it's much more diverse. And I'm not going to say complicated because nature is nature. We try to make it simple by saying it's just one species that does everything. Cold water, 
warm water, salt water, fresh water, all this stuff. It's just the same thing. It, it's not. You know, there, there's not a fish that lives in all those different environments or corals or anything. So why would bacteria do that? They don't. And so what it turns out is that depending on the situation, you need a different type of organism. And uh, it's, it's the same when you're talking about probiotics, is that you have to look at the organisms that are in the fish's gut because those are the organisms that belong there versus trying to take some other organism and making it live in the fish's gut. It's just, it's just, uh, na nature is uh, not going to allow that. So there's, there's a couple of different podcast subjects there that we need to try to figure out how we can simplify that and make it understandable. Um, but basically with our gels to get back to the topic is that we're get out of the rabbit hole hurry up uh, we're using bacteria from aquariums that will do the work that we need because that's where, where the environment that they live in now i have a question for you so this, this wasn't on my list originally but as you're talking about stuff so you you're saying that the waste away has eight different kinds of bacteria in it do the I guess, does the ratio of each of those bacteria vary between each of the products? No, no, it, it, it does. Well, the salt water has a different ratio than the fresh water, mm -hmm. but the fresh water types are, are the same, but what can vary is the amount of bacteria that we put in the gel. Okay. Because obviously a shrimp tank um, or a beta tank doesn't need as much bacteria as, say, a freshwater tank. Or the turtle tank. I'm thinking about like the turtle tank. The turtle tank needs a whole lot of bacteria. <laughs> right. When I used to take care of fish tanks, like the turtle tanks were always the worst. Like they smelled so bad. Yeah, they stink, don't they? Yeah. It's, uh, so, so the amount of bacteria in the gels, we can vary. Mm -hmm. But but the freshwater bacteria, if it's a freshwater environment, it's going to be the freshwater suite of bacteria. Yeah, gotcha. Okay, totally makes sense. Um, and, and with the gel, if you add this to the system and it does turn cloudy, because every tank is different. And, and if your tank is super dirty or has super high nutrients, you know, I, I said earlier, we recommend you use the liquid because you're adding a little bit, you stop adding it, those bacteria multiply and then the water you know, starts to go cloudy and you can uh, do a water change, you can turn on the UV, you can do remedies to, uh, to remove that cloudiness. And the cloudiness is a bacteria bloom caused by all the nutrients in the system. But with the gels, if, if that happens, what you need to do is remove the gel because it's going to continue releasing bacteria. You know, if with the liquid, you dosed once and now you don't dose again until you've fixed the bloom. But with the gels, you start fixing the bloom unless you remove the gel. You're adding the bacteria on a continuous basis, which, which is good, but not in this case. So you can remove it. Put it in a plastic bag so it doesn't dry out. You don't really have to have water in there. It's it's wet enough. And just seal it and you know let the water clear up and then put the gel back. I have another question that I thought of, and I think some 
somebody probably has asked this through our Q and A's at one point, if they get the, I don't know, they accidentally buy the saltwater one and they need the freshwater one or vice versa. Is that going to still work for them? It'll still work, but it won't work as efficiently. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Um, the saltwater bacteria, it's kind of weird because you wouldn't predict it this way, but saltwater bacteria can survive in the freshwater system pretty well. The freshwater bacteria do okay in saltwater, um, but um, not fantastic. But it, it's, there's no harm in any of it. And it will still work to a certain degree. It's and it's definitely better than not having any bacteria in the system. Makes sense. With and with our gels, like I say, they they can be moved around. Um, they can be removed and and saved in a plastic bag if you need to. There's um, one miss nomer out there is that some people want to say they're nitrifying bacteria in the gels. And, and that's not true. I want to make sure people understand. It's just heterotrophs. And earlier you mentioned um, we, we have them in one pound form. And these are for professionals in that they're, they're systems that start at 1,500 gallons and larger. And they're super concentrated. And we, we have aquaculturists, um, fish farmers with, with small quarter acre, one, one eighth acre ponds that uh, use these. And they're very, you know, there's no plastic housing that go into a fine mesh uh, bag, release the bacteria. And they remove significant amounts of the grunge and detritus that accumulates on the pond bottom, which is usually an area where you get uh, all sorts of nasty organisms living in bad bacteria and parasites and things like that. So it definitely keeps the system clean. Now, could somebody say if they had like a, a large koi pond at home, could they use something like this? Oh, definitely. Definitely can use the, the uh, large commercial. Um, and, and if they want to get those, because those aren't, those aren't available on the website or they are? Uh, they should be. They should be. Okay. Yeah. Yep. I can't say that I've actually gone to look for the yeah. professional commercial size <laughs> ones on our website, yep. but yep. you've got a koi pond. That'd be a good idea. Yeah. If you've got a large koi pond, uh, definitely a way to help keep things clean and start winterizing it. Um, okay. Get rid of that you know, organic material before um, things ice over. I hear that's a problem in some parts of the states, not here in Southern <laughs> California. <laughs> I, I've, I've been there. I've had to take care of koi ponds before. That was always like, all right, we've got a day, just a day for the koi pond to get it cleaned and ready for winter. <laughs> Any other questions? I did have another question. It completely escaped. Oh, I know. Um, so we've talked about placement of these things. And in, in previous podcasts, we've talked about like, skimmers and how they can impact stuff. Would you recommend not putting it near the skimmer? Like if you're going to put these in a sump, maybe put them in a different chamber or is it okay to put them? No, you, you want to put them after the skimmer for sure. Because mm -hmm. if you put them before the skimmer, they're releasing the bacteria. The chances are pretty high. The skimmer is going to remove the bacteria because that's mm -hmm. what it does. That's part of the problem. Um, so definitely put it after the skimmer and mm -hmm. don't put it, um, 
don't put the gel where the like I said the the pump the water is just blasting across it, just okay. in a quiet spot in a corner someplace. The bacteria will get released and they'll do their their job. Will the speaking of appliances, will heaters impact it? I mean, I can't imagine anybody's going to be running a tank heater at any crazy high heat, but. Well, no, they, these bacteria love high heat. So, I mean, higher, you know, if you're above 86, 87, you're fishing even just, yeah, you're, you've got <laughs> other problems. Anyway. Right. So, no, the bacteria love warm temperatures because they multiply faster. Um, so, no, that's not a problem. That works. Yeah, I was and, going to put one of these things in my tank or my sump the other day, and I was like, well, I really shouldn't put it next to the skimmer, but, like, I don't have space. Like, I could have put it next to the heater. Yep. Not a problem. And one thing I want to bring up is um, when you first use the gel in your system, you might notice a picture that it's got this clear plastic case with holes on the side. Mm -hmm. The gels inside. And after a couple of days, there'll be this blob, you know, this, this snotty looking, how would you describe it? Clearish. Yeah, mucus snot all over the gel. That's a good thing. That is the bacteria going crazy because it's doing its thing and it's got it's producing this biofilm. And you've got a couple of options. You can carefully remove the gel and and wipe that stuff down with a tissue or paper towel and throw it away. Mm -hmm. Or you can wipe it up down in the tank and let your corals eat it because it's basically marine snow. I mean, it's just a big bunch of bacteria that the corals can get a lot of nutritional value from. But the main thing is don't freak out. You go onto our webpage and under the uh, waste away gel, see pictures of this, but it's perfectly normal. And it probably will come back if you've got a lot of nutrients in there. It'll probably come back. And another thing people worry about, well, the gels are reducing nitrates and phosphates. Are they going to take it to zero? And the answer is generally no. Um, It's time releasing. But as we've mentioned, you don't turn your skimmer off. You don't remove your ozone or UV if you have it. You don't remove the filter sock. The whole idea with the gel is you don't have to change what, whatever husbandry you're doing, because most people don't want to change it anyways. And, and the gel is just releasing a, slow, a small amount of bacteria to take care of the system and keep those nutrients low, but not zero, because you don't want zero nitrate and zero phosphate, or you're just going to start promoting cyanos and dinos. It's to keep it in control. And the caveat there, of course, is that you're not putting the 100-gallon gel in a 10- or 20-gallon aquarium. Use the right size gel. And you know, like one recommendation I would have for people if you're putting these in, especially if it's your first time using it, is take a photo of it wherever wherever you're putting it in your tank or in your sump, whatever. Take a photo of the gel like the first day that you put it in and then have, keep that photo on your phone so that you can reference it as time goes by. Because sometimes if you're staring at something every single day, it's hard to see that change as easily. But if you can say, oh, I'm going to go back to day one, like, yes, there's a very definite change in this. You know, I'm getting close to being time to switch it out. Right. Well, what one thing that you should be able to notice is that 
the front of your aquarium where normally it'll grow the little slime on the inside. So you're wiping that down. Mm-hmm. That will disappear when you start using the gels. Oh, okay. But but as because we we have a chain of stores, you know, Uncle Bill's. I'll give a shout yeah. out to them. I know that ring Indianapolis, and they use the commercial size in their systems because they're uh, centralized systems. And what they have found is that um, they don't have to clean that inside of that front glass every day. So this, oh, it's nice. saving them time. But as the gel, you know, wears off and it's out of bacteria, you'll notice that the slime film comes back to that front part of your glass or plastic in your aquarium. And, and that's an indication that your gel is, is run out and you need to replace it. That's, that's a good thing. I feel like that's a selling point for any store that's got central systems. That Oh, yeah. They, 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 they uh, clean that less. Yeah. I mean, if you've got to go and every morning wipe down 40 tanks, that's that's a lot of work. So definitely a a labor saving device. I think when I worked at the local fish stores, I spent more time cleaning tanks than I did any other like spent any other part of my day. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you've got a big fish room or, uh, you know, it, it will help keep things clean. If you've got a store, want to try these out, you can definitely talk to us. Um, But the whole idea is any maintenance chore people try to put off. (laughs) (laughs) Just human nature. So we're trying to make this easy. Um, It doesn't mean you can eliminate water changes, all that type of stuff. You still need that. It's just a tool to help keep the tank cleaner and the environment more healthy for your fish and coral. That is, I think, a good introduction to our gels, a labor-saving device to help keep all sorts of tanks, any any type of aquatic environments you have, cleaner and healthier. And before we wrap it up, I will say if you're listening to this and you're already using the gels, please, please, please take a photo of the gels wherever you have it in the tank and send it to us. You can send it to our email. You can send it to us via any of our social media channels. We are having a giveaway contest right now. We're giving away some swag if we see some of those photos with you using the gels. So definitely make sure to get your photos in. If you're using those, you could even win some more gels. So, And if you have any questions, as you know, we always do questions and answers. And I think we have another one coming up in about 10 days. Yes, we do. So get your, we got a couple of questions already, but if you've got more questions, send us a message. We will get those on our list. Yep. Okay, I think um, that's it for the day, Hillary, talking about our Dr. Tim's Waste Away Gels. And thanks, everyone, for listening. 